my first hockey experience was going to games when I was, gosh, probably four or five years old. And then he had to learn to play, learn to skate. That's where I fell in love with the game. So I've been playing ever since probably five or six years old, travel hockey, house hockey at first. And then it started to progress and took me all the way to Adrian College, where I played all four years there. And then for two years, I interned with the Detroit Red Wings. I saw the Canes on a uh, teamwork online. And I got pretty lucky with the timing that I came in first season. They go to the Eastern Conference Final. I hadn't yeah. made the playoffs in 10 years, so I got to learn a little bit about that struggle as a Kaniac and talking to people that summer and now seeing where this organization is now. It's been so much fun. All right, welcome in everybody to another episode of the Joe Schmo Sports Show. Um, your host, my name is Clint. With me, as always, Mr. Dominic Bottastella. What's going on, Clint? And the man behind the curtain on the ones and twos, Mr. Dre Cameron. Today we have a very special guest. Uh, Mr. Andy Petersmark is in the back offices with the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. And so this is, this is what Dom has been wanting. He's been wanting to talk about a little hockey. And so not only we're going to talk a little hockey with Andy, we're also going to talk about how the pandemic has affected not only the Carolina Hurricanes, but his job, his position before we get into everything. Andy, sir, how are you doing? Doing good, Clint. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, man. This is you can talk about anything you want to hockey wise. Yeah. I really appreciate having <laughs> you on because it seems like every time I talk about hockey on the podcast, I'm just like I'm a deer. So, in I'm Clint just stops talking, <laughs> and I'm up on a soapbox ranting, and these guys are looking at me like, "All right, is it time to talk about college basketball again yet?" Because it's just not it's not a conversation. It's just like a diatribe. Just wondering how to get me to shut up, and talking about yeah. hockey seems to be one of those ways. All right, let's go ahead and start that now. The biggest thing that I've been ranting about this year, and I don't know if you have an opinion on this, but it seems to me that the reconferencing has been inherently unbalanced. How do you feel about that? It's been very interesting. I will say at first as a Canes employee yeah. and also one of the biggest fans of the team, which you'll begin to learn about me. Oh, sure. I was very nervous about the first one that originally came out, the first rumors that had us playing Boston, Washington, Pittsburgh, basically the Metro. And then we added in the best teams in the Atlantic. Yeah. So I was nervous and then it ended up restructuring. So now you have that, whatever, they're all sponsored now, but up East, it's tough up there. But the one good thing that I have liked about it is that all Canadian division. It's created so many rivalries, which and would spark up. Oh, but I'm, now you're getting it again. Oh, I'm laughing because sure. Dominic hates that. That's, I, I hate that because all the teams north of the border are garbage. Even, look, if Toronto was having to play anybody else, they would not be leading a conference. They're just, they're not very good. I would agree. And yeah. it's going to be interesting when you see those two teams because they're, the way that I see it is Toronto's going to get in. Obviously, they're probably going to win. Yeah. And they're going to battle Winnipeg at some point. Sure. And Winnipeg is just going to pound them because yeah. Toronto doesn't play that way. And no, so don't. you could see it getting very interesting come playoff time. Yeah. And then when you finally get out of those first two rounds and you get into the the semifinal, because I, I guess there's no conferences this year. Sure. You'll see how good they really are. And, and they're going to be exhausted. going to be very good. <laughs> yeah. If, if they make it past Winnipeg. Correct. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm saying though. Is that when you when there's no really 
a good way to compare the teams amongst the amongst the different conferences because they don't play outside of that they're just playing the eight or seven teams inside of their own conference yeah so it'll be very interesting when you get to that semifinal because you have played at that point 56 regular season upwards of 14 additional games so you could be at 80 games played without even having played this team one time yeah and it's going to be totally it's almost like a new season but you only got four teams so those first couple games are going to be super weird in the semifinal but I do think that you're going to see the best team win the cup this year because of who they are going to be playing against. I, it, maybe. It doesn't <laughs> seem like the best team always wins the cup in, in any given year. It's just the team that gets hot yeah. at that point mm-hmm. in time. And if one of those Canadian teams sneaks in and gets hot, it doesn't necessarily mean they're better than, say, the teams coming out of the East or the teams coming out of the Central. And don't get me started about the teams in the West right now. Isn't Vegas supposed to be good? They're not that good. It's so difficult because every game out there starts at 10 p.m. Yeah. So you never see any teams if you're not staying up late. I said East Coast biased. I am so so out of the the West Coast loop right now Mm -hmm. with hockey. It's brutal. The, the, The one saving grace on that is that you can watch pretty much the entire game in seven minutes on youtube now (laughs) which is nice right yeah the game recap and it's not like a highlights package on espn where you only see the goals you actually see in generally important plays yeah Yeah. it could be 10 nothing and you'll see all 10 goals too and that's what i care about i watch it every single morning sure i catch up on scores goals so i could probably tell you everything that happened last night too (laughs) but dude i am so glad you're here talking to talking this out with dom because he has been so frustrated (laughs) <laughs> with saying all these things about realignment and me being like, yeah, great, what you're talking about. <laughs> so it's really nice, and it's funny that he jumped right into this. That's the first thing he talked about was this realignment stuff because he has been so vehemently against it since the beginning. It's, it's, it's not that I'm against the realignment. I understand what they're trying to do with COVID right. and limiting but exposure the way they to everybody. It. Yeah, yeah. It just it it seems like the East is super unbalanced. The Central is super unbalanced because mm-hmm. you you think about it, you have the two uh, Stanley Cup finalists, and then Carolina, a revamped Florida Panthers team. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened to the Preds this year. They were but they're usually a pretty decent team. And Columbus hasn't been a pushover. And then Chicago has been yeah. a great story this year. So that that's a really strong conference. Yeah. The East, of course, other than Philadelphia falling apart, they. Yeah, they they are they have a lot of strength at the top, and mm-hmm. then you look out west, and you would think, all right, Vegas and Colorado and St. Louis should be running away with it. Somehow, Minnesota's jumped on board that train. Yep. It's almost chalk mm-hmm. out there because that they're very weak at the bottom right. of that conference. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's going to be super interesting. It'd be good. It'd be good hockey to watch, even if Clint, like for you, tune mm-hmm. in to the last <laughs> week and a half or two weeks of the season because. There's so many games that are being compacted in. Almost every team except all the Canadian teams for the most part. Like they've had to add some games at the end of the schedule due to COVID. Early on they were struggling with it. So you've got teams who are playing four times a week yeah. for two or three straight yeah. weeks. And every single game could be a four point or three point swing. It's gonna get pretty crazy that last well, week. Well, D- Dom has already made me promise that I'd come over here and watch some hockey. So he he has told me that he is a screamer at the television. Yes. And I need him to be able to prove that oh. by coming over and screaming at the television with me while the Canes play. Or you can just because, ask somebody. I, I mean, <laughs> so the, I'm sure you've heard the term cardiac Canes. Oh, yes. Yes. And that is, 
I, I don't know what it is about this team, but it makes me drink. <laughs> yeah. Every single game, I'm yelling at the TV. I feel like even when we're ahead two or three goals, I'm like, oh. How could this go wrong? To, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's sports. That's anybody, anything well, you're no, passionate about with no, sports. You know what? I, I didn't feel like Maybe that. I didn't feel like that, that with uh, I'm a Bills fan, as you <laughs> can see. I didn't feel like that with the Bills this year. But I feel like that every game with the Hurricanes, just like holding my breath mm-hmm. and also screaming – and everything, literally. <laughs> Before we continue to go down yeah. the the hockey rabbit hole, sure. I have zero doubt that I know where this is going. Okay. Let's hear a little bit about Andy. Okay. So, Andy, <laughs> where, who are you? Where'd you come from? You want that a fun fact? Of, too? of course I want fun facts. Don't we always? Sure. So, I grew up in East Lansing, Michigan, the home of Sparty of Michigan mm-hmm. State. So, I'm a Sparty guy. We were talking about that before. Mm-hmm. No, none of the Mason Blue stuff. We're a green and white family. Mm-hmm. My grandfather played baseball at Michigan State. And so when he was at school there, he got to know a lot of the hockey guys and he started fraternizing with them, kind of wished that he could have played hockey at some point. So we go a couple of years later, he gets into season tickets with Michigan State Hockey. So that was kind of my first hockey experience was going to games when I was, gosh, probably four or five years old. And then he got me into learn to play, learn to skate. That's where I fell in love with the game. So I've been playing ever since probably five or six years old, travel hockey, house hockey at first, and then it started to progress and took me all the way to Adrian College where I played all four years there. Met a lot of great people, a lot of people who do work in the sport industry now. I studied sport management when I was at Adrian. And then for two years, my junior and senior year, I interned with the Detroit Red Wings in their ticket sales department. So learned a lot of the ins and the outs of the sport business. Cause at first when you're in college, you're just thinking, all right, there's the team, there's the coaches, the GM, Mm -hmm. and then there's people in the box office who just make it all happen. (laughs) And that is, but you don't know how it takes, you don't know how to run. Which as a fan is really just the tip of the iceberg. Is it not? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I fell in love with that right away. I took one or two classes your intro to sport management. We had some guest speakers in. I got to meet a lot of them, kept in touch with them. And that's what ended up getting me in the door with the sport business side of things. So intern with the wings for two years, realized this is the path that I wanted to go down, was really open to moving away because I always know I had a lot of family back home, not a lot elsewhere. And so you can always come back to your roots. But every person I talked to said at this age, just go do something. So I said, Perfect. I saw the Canes on a uh, teamwork online as a sport, sport related, almost like Indeed.com. Basically, you can find every job on sure. there. But specifically for jobs in the sports industry. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So in this range is from every single sports team you could imagine. So saw one on there for inside sales. So that's where you start. Basically, that's the one. I on guess the phones, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So you're starting on the phones, but that's where they have call it the most turnover. So people it's a call center. Exactly. So you start and you feel if you like it, you can get promoted and work your way up. Otherwise, people take that experience and go elsewhere. So I started in inside sales, worked that for six months and then was promoted to our business development team, which I've been on since January 1st of 2019. So we're closing on almost three years down here. And I got pretty lucky with the timing that I came in first season. They go to the Eastern Conference final, hadn't made the playoffs in 10 years. So I got to learn a little bit about that struggle as a Kaniac and talking to people that summer and now seeing where this organization is now. It's been so much fun. And like you touched on the cardiac cane, like I am that guy now. 
Yeah. And uh, I can't stand like I have to. I'm pacing around the arena during games. It's, I'm, I'm it freaks around, me out. <laughs> I pace around the around the the house, around the speakeasy. Heather's. Are you gonna be like this for the whole game? Yes. Because I can't deal with this. I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah gonna that's gonna happen. You're so, just gonna have to. You know. Either deal with it or drink a lot. One of the two. <laughs> where did where did your allegiance? Where did they lie lie with the uh, Red Wings when you were in Detroit? Yeah, I mean, when you so were in Michigan. Yeah, and it's you had to be crazy to not root for the Red, the Red Wings. They up until a couple of years ago, they made the playoffs twenty five straight years. Mm-hmm. They won four cups in their in their dynasty. Call it right away. If you live in Michigan, you're a Red Wings fan, and you were just like a fandom of winning. So you're so used to seeing the playoffs and so used to having such success with mm-hmm. hockey which obviously grows the youth game which is why there's so many kids playing in Michigan sure. and probably fall right into that and that's got me into that love of going to games and then realizing that the people who work for the team that I love like those jobs are available and how do I get in who do I meet and Adrian introduced me to a guy who worked in group sales who went to Adrian and that's how I got my foot in the door and just worked my way into kind of where I am now nice so being that you grew up a Red Wings fan, talk to me about the rebuild that they're going through right now because it's been a rough few years. They've mm-hmm. been cellar dwellers at least the last two. How long do you think that runway is until they start to creep back up in the conference? Yeah, it's tough because the other franchises who are going through it or have committed to it, but they're they're not necessarily doing it the right way. Let's say the Buffalo Sabres, for example. A dumpster fire. Yes. Jack Edwards called him on live TV, the Bruins guy. <laughs> he said, we're playing a dumpster fire. Well, they they are. are. But I think that you have to take a step back and appreciate what you had. And you have to realize when you're winning and when you're going to the playoffs, you're picking 26, 27, 30th in the draft every year. So if you want players, you got to buy players. You're not developing. And now we're in the developing phase. So with Steve Eiserman at the helm, I'm not worried at all. You look at what he did in Tampa and what he's built and some of the pieces that he does. And if you do a scouting report on the Red Wings, they have a lot of good young talent, whether it's in Grand Rapids or guys who are still playing junior hockey right now. The time frame is tough because hockey's so interesting. It's guys can catch fire so quick, but it's not an individual game. You can't have one guy go out and get 200 points a season and win no. a cup. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. No, there's, there are no Gretzky's anymore. That no. just doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, uh, but not some like uh, Sidney Crosby, Alex, Ove- Alex Ovechkin. They're yeah, not. No, the, you you gotta. You if can you, build around those guys, right. but if they can't. You be can't. The, you can't the, win the source, with the primary one, source. You can't win with the first overall pick mm. the next year. If you want to win a cup, you have to have four strong lines. Period. And goaltending. And goal. T- that's the other thing, right? That's <laughs> the thing that Dom's so excited about the Canes goaltender, mm-hmm. the it's, new uh, one, Nijelkovic. They good. I yeah. I think. Uh, all right, you can feel free to say no comment to this, but when Morasic comes back, which is inevitable, and one of these guys has to go to the taxi squad, which means that they have to be waived. And if Nijelkovic gets waived, there's no way he's gone. He's gone. Some other club's picking him up. He's been too good. He's the top 10 of every statistical category amongst qualifying goalies. Mm-hmm. They So... In my opinion, as a Canes fan, they have to keep him on the the squad. Do they let Reimer go? I think that right now, and there's kind of some rumblings that I've heard and read, is that Peter should have been playing. 
he should have been playing a week and a half, two weeks ago, based on what his doctors were telling him, what the timeline was. So you got a lot of bumping heads right now between upper management and the players. And then you start talking about Svechnikov, Hamilton, their contract disputes. So it's boiling up down there. And then that just adds on top of the whole goalie situation because you're spot on. If Ned hits waivers, he's gone. you'll never see him again. Yeah, And, and, the, and, and now he's gone for free. Yeah. And he's so, 25 years old and he's been the goaltender of the future for the last three seasons, yeah. right? And he's never, the thing is, he's never got his chance. Well, he's got and now. Now he's got his chance oh. and he's done just fine. Not just fine. He's excelled. So you have to look at, do you put Reimer down there? Because you know that he'll just, okay, he'll do whatever he wants. Cause that's just kind of how James Reimer has been. He's mm-hmm. either been a backup where he's been a secondary starter, and he'll never say a peep. The guy's just happy to be there. Sure. And Peter's a little more pre-Madonna. He he wants to be the guy. He would be insulted if he's a backup or if he goes to the taxi squad. So maybe you take him and you use him to bring in something else. So that's where I have been hearing things is maybe you ship Reimer, or not Reimer, you ship uh, Morazic somewhere, and yep. you get something in return, and you, you say, Ned, here you go. Here's your chance, buddy. Reimer. You keep doing what you're doing. You're phenomenal. You look at his record, the last 30 games, he's lost, what, maybe six or seven? That's true, but he's had great goal support, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you look at the same statistical categories that Najelkovic has been in top 10 across the board, Reimer's been hasn't cracked the top 30 in yeah. any of those same statistical categories. Do you want to keep him because he's going to be satisfied being the backup? Do you keep him and have dual starters or do you keep Mrazek and have him and Djokovic and then they have they go into training camp next year and have a competition okay I got a question <laughs> being a non-hockey guy yeah okay this is okay. good I don't, we, we need this perspective I don't yeah. really I don't really understand this okay so the checkers are the taxi squad no right no, no. Is this, no, no. so no. you're gonna want to sit down for this one Claire. yeah sure I'm yeah. here I'm sitting so the checkers are no longer. Okay. Now the they still exist. They, yes. Okay. Okay. All right. They're just not the farm team. They're not the AHL farm team. The anymore. farm team is now the Chicago Wolves. That's okay. Right. So there was so some if, transaction. But why? Why if you send somebody down to the minor league squad, sure. why are they automatically on waivers? For the, like, because I don't know, because baseball is not like that at all. Yeah. I think NBA is maybe a little bit like that, but I know that baseball, so, you send somebody down to the minors, they're just usually getting healthy or they so suck. So right. think more of the NHL model, uh, not the uh, the NFL model. When you send a player the to practice the practice squad, squad sure, okay. You, the practice, the taxi squad is basically the practice okay. squad. Okay. Okay. They're not the minors. They're still part of the active okay. squad, but they're able to pull these guys immediately if they, they okay if they have to. Right now, I'm all cut up. Yep. Continue. Yeah. So it's just been a li- <laughs> it's been a little weird this year. They had to change a lot of protocols in the way that they do it, given with COVID and you're only staying in your division mm-hmm. and the AHL. It's tough getting guys here and there. So that's kind of the best way to explain mm-hmm. it. Sure. Plus, the, you send the guys down to the AHL and they have different exposures. Whereas the taxi squad, you can isolate those guys, and so you don't have to worry so much about them. So there is a minor positive. league system. There is a minor league system. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Right, Absolutely. So the taxi squad is just literally the practice squad. The taxi squad is for the sole purpose if, let's say, a guy gets hurt today. Okay. You can pull a taxi squad guy okay. up 
tomorrow. It's basically just additional guys that they can have on the team right now, and they're allowed to carry more. Okay. Given that if a guy, let's say, gets COVID, you have a, okay. an additional guy who's ready. He's been isolated. He's been with the team. So and, why did it? Why did the situation come up where that guy played? That was the Zamboni driver for what Montreal or whatever played that, goalie for the, the Hurricanes has last nothing year. Nothing to do with right. any of this. Well, so no, what I'm saying <laughs> is though, if there's a if there's a taxi squad, was it just injury? Is that what made that happen in that game? So you typically only carry two active goaltenders right, okay. for a game, okay. right? You have your starting goaltender and your backup goaltender. Okay. Every There's always an emergency backup goaltender that can play for either home team or away team that is designated by the home team in any given game. Okay. Okay. So right. that guy never plays and ever went out there ever. and got a w that was pretty incredible <laughs> yeah, that was the story that, of the day that was the story of the year yeah really maybe yeah. Year. That he was might win an SB. but that's that has nothing to do with the taxi squad situation okay mm-hmm. like i think so you can't like in game that's not like a thing right so you can't call somebody up and say hey i need you here and do they are no, they you have to have they have to be on the active they, they have to be on the active roster okay. for that game because okay. you have healthy scratches every single sure. game. And and maybe you can speak a little bit more to this about how the salary cap this year has been playing funky games with who's being a healthy scratch and who's available yeah. for a particular game. Can you a, a little bit. I'm not as knowledgeable on that, but it has been interesting, and that's where this whole Nadelkovich thing ties in. If he plays a certain amount of games... It has salary cap issues, and so every team right now, nobody's selling the mm. building out. Nobody's making a lot of can. money. In Texas, you can. Texas, you can, but I, <laughs> I'll get into that with the business side of what we're dealing with yeah, right I'm now. Yeah, I'm excited to hear about that. But it, it's been weird because obviously GMs and owners and whoever, they don't necessarily want to pay as much right now, so the salary cap has come into play where if you activate this guy, he then is getting paid. It, things have been shifting. I, I don't know if you can touch much on that but that's extensive my, my understanding is that there's like an active per game salary cap mm-hmm. and that's wild and if you are above a certain amount in that particular game you've got to drop a player off that's why you see certain combinations of healthy scratches even when a guy is available to play it's are they going to? I, I do, don't understand the formula. I just know it exists. Do they do? Are they going to do like the NFL? Because the NFL just what cut the cut the salary cap by what like ten percent or something like that year over year. Is hockey going to have that same kind of that same kind of thing happen? No idea. It would yeah. seem like it was the less money that's coming in. It may seem like that, but you know the the television contracts aren't worth less. That's They're true. still making money in that direction. Yeah, that's true. But they can only fill twenty percent capacity Ooh. at best. Well, I get that for now, and the NFL is trying this, but I yep. I bet you the in the background the players' union is going ape shit. I bet. Yeah, and I don't imagine that the NHL PA is is going to have kind things to say if they try and cut the NHL salary cap because didn't it get a big axe during the lockout not yeah. too long ago? Yeah, yeah. And then there was a whole other negotiation because they had finalized it, and then basically the owners came back and said, well, hold on, let's talk about this again. And it pissed a lot of the players oh, off. Oh, I bet. I and can imagine. Not that it, it's crazy that they're even playing right now considering how upset some of some guys were. But it's been good. You're starting to see more. Right now, we're at 15%. On Wednesday, Governor Cooper is going to have an announcement, mm-hmm. which it sounds like we're going to get up to 25%. A little bit higher, mm-hmm. 25%. And that kind of comes back to full buildings. So mm-hmm. right now, even if we were given the green light, the NHL has mandated that 
within your pod, so the pod seating is like two, three, four seats, whatever you have, must be six feet away from the closest pod. So we've got almost 19,000 seats. We're at 3,000 right now. Mm. If we get to 25%, we can open up more seats in our upper level because we're not selling those right now Mm -hmm. due to the restrictions. But if we get to, let's say it's 28 or 29%, we're at full capacity given the six-foot distance. So you're seeing the Dallas Stars, the Florida Panthers, the Tampa Bay Lightning. These teams who have been given the green light are putting in requests to the NHL saying, please pull this back. Yeah, because the state made the law that exactly. they could open fully to do whatever but the they want. league is standing firm on their mm-hmm. six foot because they As don't they want because they don't want the players or whoever what i mean what have you it might be a, a competitive nature thing too i'm at like you go to let's say like chicago chicago does not have fans right now you go play in chicago if you're dallas and you're playing in front of zero people yeah and then Chicago comes to Dallas, and you play in front of nineteen thousand. Right. Like that's an advantage for Dallas. Oh, one hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter not who that, it is. Not but. that they're able to take advantage of it this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another yeah. conversation. But sure. so we need that six foot to go down. Like we have the demand for tickets right now is ridiculous. Oh, I was now, sure. How's that impact the ticket prices? Ticket prices. That is a good question. It's impacted resale ticket prices well yeah i'm sure but can't you as an organization can't not you as an organization but can't the carolina hurricanes as an organization say all right we're going to open up at this ticket price understanding that demand is there 25 percent higher or something or more you're making 75 percent less because you're at or less because you're at 15 percent ticket building capacity why wouldn't the prices of the tickets just be higher based upon that so they are they are a little bit we're in an interesting situation for this year so back in december or january when we were starting to get an understanding of how the season was going to play out so we knew okay 56 games 28 at home or whatever it's going to break down to 28 at home we at that point we weren't going to have fans Mm -hmm. so we said internally season tickets we're shifting everything to 21 22 so every month every person who had money on their account or was looking to buy new is now buying for the fall of 2021-22. So there are no season ticket holders for this year. Abbreviated season ticket holders. So as soon as we were given that green light to get 15% in, yeah. that left us with 2,900 seats available. So for folks who had money on their account for next year, we came to them based on plan size, full season, 22-11 game plan, okay. and then priority with the team our longest uh, standing season ticket member is from 1997, from Ooh, the yeah, first yeah. year they moved down to Greensboro. So we've got a handful of 97s is what we call them. So you could put in a request and say, we would like two, three, or four season tickets. And we had four categories that you could yeah. pick from. And they were significantly higher than a traditional ticket price in sure. that level. And we sold of 2,900 within a three-day span, we sold 2,600 seats. Yeah. So 26 of our 2,900 are sold for every single game as a season ticket. So you have 300 seats left. Yeah, pretty much. And what are you selling those for? I mean, it's lower bowl only, I I would assume. And let me know because I want to invest in them instead of in Bitcoin. (laughs) So we had four categories. The lowest was... I want to say probably around 65 bucks, and that's in the upper level, highest being about 130 So 
when you highest being 130 where are that would be in our in our center ice area Mm. center ice oh center ice so in the lower level oh lower level yeah they haven't opened any of the upper level yet so So the upper level is open in center ice we have behind the nets so if we get to that 25 percent behind the net upper level got it those are your tickets so the lower so but lower bowl center ice 130 bucks that's super reasonable so yeah. that's what season ticket members were paying yeah so we only went on sale for single game tickets for march because we knew come april our capacity is probably going to be higher sure so we had seven games that went available and the first day of the pre-sale was season ticket members and of the seven games 300 tickets they were all gone yeah you know, sure they were all gone in yeah two hours of course and they're all being everything's being resold right now some of it but there was also a lot of people who again if think of it this way 20 so full season 22 game plans 11 game plan holders if every single account attended a game with the same number of seats they have on their account yeah we'd be at thirteen thousand. yeah and we only have 2900 seats yeah so there's a lot of people who did not even get the 20 game plan and they put in for it so these people were essentially creating their own 20 game plan with single game tickets. Sure. I'm just, so I guess what I'm saying is we look at the tickets for every game and we look, you know, two weeks out, a week out and the day of the game. Mm -hmm. And this is how we've always done it because when we buy a ticket, we want to get the best available seat for the best available price. And usually that's the day of the game when people that are trying to resell their tickets are worried. Yeah. They're just trying to get rid of them. And you can see the same thing two weeks out. If you try and buy a ticket right now, it's three, four times face value. Mm -hmm. And then when you get to the day of, they're selling it for face value or less, Mm -hmm. which is why can't the team recoup some of that based upon the fact that they haven't been able to generate revenue for a year? Almost. Yeah. And that's kind of that tough question because we get all those people who have them are season ticket members that's really the only way to get them before general public so we get a lot of backlash sometimes too with people saying we're a season ticket member we're paying all this money we should we feel like we should get them at a a lower price point and so now you're playing that game where you got to value the people who spend money with you Mm -hmm. year after year and who are in the seats win loss like they're paying their money yeah that's true but that's that's a good question because it's really difficult well, to to toe that line. Yeah, because you th- you think about it, it's supply and demand. I've been buying gasoline my whole life. It's getting <laughs> when, more expensive. When shit goes down in the Middle East, that that stuff goes up to five dollars a gallon. Mm-hmm. I can't go to the guy who's operating the pump and say, "Hey, I'm, I'm a lifelong customer." I'm like, so what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, we only have so much. That's a great way to put it. I never yeah. thought about it that way. Yeah. So on the ticket sales, what about the box seats and the, the big company sponsorship stuff? How how is that stuff coming? along the sponsorship stuff believe it or not with new technology i'm not sure if you've been watching games lately but they've implemented new (laughs) they're starting to implement new ways of advertising in game so you're seeing so right on the outsides of the blue line let's say yes so let's say during the playoffs like during the playoffs or like opening night the nhl has an actual like painting on this Stanley Cup playoffs 2021 and during the regular season it's blank yeah and now this year you're starting to see like when we're in Detroit or we're anywhere on the road our broadcast has UNC Rex like right on the blue line so you're finding alternative ways to advertise because you're missing out on 20,000 people in the stands so think about it that's 20,000 people sitting 
mm. on their couches looking at UNC Rex who might not have ever seen that sure. because we didn't it, do th- So speaking of advertising, I got to interrupt here for a minute. So two things. One, when is Marley Drug going to be advertising on the ice? Because I, <laughs> I, I only know it's the, the third period is going to start when I see the Marley Drug girl yep. on TV. She's, she's something she's else. She's a celebrity. Is she a celebrity? I don't know. I've never <laughs> within, seen her Within the Kaniacs. Within the Kaniacs, yeah. And the other thing is, do you think the guys on the Spectrum commercial are talking about Jake from the Chick-fil-A commercial? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> that guy's the worst. <laughs> Yeah, it's you're <laughs> seeing a lot funny. of reoccurring stuff, and it's <laughs> it's been funny. It's been funny, but I can't fully attest to a lot of the advertising stuff because that's a whole nother department. Mm-hmm. But it's been there, and then you you're finding more ways for revenue. Look at every single team's helmet. Oh yeah, PNC sure. Bank. Yeah. Yep. You look at every like the Capitals. I think Capital One. Like sure. Every and team I hate has that so much. Why? I just. I guess as far as sports goes, if for instance, let's say baseball, which I'm sure it's starts gonna throwing happen. stuff like logos happen. on helmets <laughs> and stuff like advertisements on helmets. I Bro, don't like that shit, man. At least it's not NASCAR. They're I, everything. I'm a I understand that. Yeah. What? I just I don't know. Baseball's just been such a pure sport from that aspect. Bullshit. That minor leagues you get all kinds of advertisements and stuff like Bro, that. Bro, if like, you hit if you hit the bull, that's, you get a stick. Again, that's minor league. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's our Durham Bulls, and, man. And like the like at Wrigley Field, the the big rooftop across the street says Budweiser. I mean, yeah. there's stuff like that, but like on the helmet, like on the outside, on the outfield walls and stuff. You don't have that stuff in major league parks, but you will. And that's what I'm not. Well, looking you've always to. had it on the boards for NHL games, and then what is the advertising on on? uniforms as it has been it's the sports logo so but, why not throw something else out there well, does, it, I, does it really matter does it hurt the competition okay so the way i look at it with hockey and pl- pl- i don't think i'm wrong here is that at, of the four major sports it's the lowest revenue yeah okay yeah. so they would need to advertise on the boards and cool. stuff like that because you do have less money coming in and the more you advertise the more you're able to put in your brand pay your players etc cetera, etc cetera. Sure. baseball doesn't need that yeah it nfl does. doesn't it need does that. right and now. Yet now yeah and that's what makes me sad that's all oh, it's because <laughs> because we can't go to the games the right. fans can't go to the games right so they have to, that again makes it, me sad. I, it, so would you rather the sport remain quote unquote pure no I'd or rather would you watch rather baseball. be able to watch baseball I'd rather watch be able football to watch and enjoy it and okay maybe the Bank of America slaps a sticker on the back of the Carolina Hurricanes helmet, but what the hell? They slapped their name on the stadium already. It's not like they're saying this is Panther Stadium. Or I'll whatever. still roll it's my eyes. PNC at it. Arena. <laughs> it's not Carolina Hurricanes or whatever it was called before that. I don't know. RBC. Well, RBC. RBC Center. That was a. That was a another yeah. bank, right? Yeah. So. Okay. So what? Why? How are you able to, or are you able to sell to companies for those box seats at this point, or is it just? Yeah. So we still have some inventory for. We have two premium areas per se within whether it's a suite or we have a loge box. A loge box is a new concept that we came up with probably five or six years ago. We had only suites, so 10 to 18 seats. And you're, we were having conversations with companies who are saying, we want to entertain, we want to be able to do this, but we don't need 10 seats a game. Mm. That's tough. If you tell somebody, hey, Phil... 12 seats for 110 days out of the year. Mm. Like it, it's tough depending on the size of the company. They Some have, have, have no issues with it. Large marketing budget or discretionary like, budget. Sure. Yeah. Like SAS. Yeah. yeah. They're full all the oh, time. Yeah, They're yeah. totally fine. Yeah. But you get a smaller company who's starting to pick up and they want that 
hey, like we're, you know, full season suite holders, but they can't do the 10 seats. They have this loge box option, which is four, six, or eight seats, smaller scale, and it's a shared suite. So you're... You have a full suite, but there's three other companies in there. So we now have, is this counted in the twenty nine hundred, or is this an addition to because they're boxed off? Those all. F- That's a good question. That is a good question. I mean, they I, they all fall within the same number, I think. Okay, so it's so, twenty nine hundred in the building, fans wise. Twenty nine hundred, and then once you maybe add in some staff, I I'd say that the full number of people is probably closer to three thousand. So tickets available. They're behind the glass and stuff like like not behind the glass, but like in the suite, there's glass dividers or there's like glass partition. If you have to have a six foot separation based upon NHL guidelines, how do you how do you manage that inside of the suite? So our suites are limited to six people right now. So that makes sense. So we've got so everything for this season, you gotta remember, has no impact on people's plans for next year. So if they're a season ticket member for next season and they didn't do anything for this year, it has no impact on them. So we had suite clients who we said, hey, if you would like your suite, you can have it. We can only have six people, though. Hmm. If we do get to a point, like for April, we're selling suites for eight people. And I could see that getting to maybe 12, 14, whatever it is by the end. And so that's where we're hoping that this six-foot distance goes away because then we can start getting a lot more people in there. Well, didn't the CDC just reestablish their guidelines to three feet? Because so if the this if is an NHL right the CDC does it though like the NHL was probably doing it based on CDC yeah. guidelines right yeah. and so you would think that maybe not right the second but maybe for playoffs oh come playoff time they can say come hey, playoff time it'll be a whole feet. other story but that's right. why we're trying to get ahead of this because if you come to every NHL team and you say hey I know playoffs start next week but you can go from six to three we could be at six thousand people by then and yeah, we'll have. Yeah, it's a seat sweat three. And we'll have people seated, and now we're going to have more seats open. So the people in their current seats who some of them are not happy with because 99.999% of season ticket members are not in their current seats. Right. You did oh, not have access to that. Right. Oh, I'm sure. Because we yeah. couldn't go and handpick, and yeah. we had two you, days. You basically, okay, these are the seats that are available here and here. Mm-hmm. Do you want them or not? Right? Yeah, yeah. Th- that's what it was, and it yeah. was, I understand your concern. I need to know, do you want these? Yes. Do you want them? No. Okay. No. Great. I'm going to call the guy behind you because he's going to buy them. Sure. So they're the 97s that you gave the first ones to, the first crack at it too. 97s had whatever. And we told people, we said, when you fill out your form, be as specific as possible. If you want a certain row, if you want a certain section, we will do the best that we can to do that. So for those people who requested, mm-hmm. we want center ice, 120, who, who row, doesn't want whatever. center ice, row, 120, <laughs> you know, well, row five or whatever. Yeah. It's, not, it's what, not always the best. Personally, well, I guess. personally, I like to uh, sit in the lower bowl right behind the goal where the canes shoot twice. Sure. That's, I, that's a great place to be. Yeah. 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 I just... Actually, know, there's not I'm, really a bad seat in PNC. Not there's in PNC. really not. Yeah. There's really not. Last time I went to a game, Andy got us tickets. I think it was a preseason game last guys, year. Wasn't it preseason? Or was yeah, it I, during I, the regular season? You guys season? were down in the lower level um, in the preseason. Seven rows back. From you the were up, I, I put you up in the club level yeah, at one point, For the club too. level, yeah. yeah. Like, Andy's, a, Andy, Andy's a good hooker. A se- <laughs> he's a seasoned vet. He knows yeah. the arena now. <laughs> now when, <laughs> when, when the Canes made their, their Eastern Conference final run, we went... And I, f- I forget exactly what it was, maybe 213. It was definitely club level. And we found some great seats that we really liked. And we just kept buying every single game. Those two seats were available for some reason. 
and that is a great place to watch the game. You're mm-hmm. close enough to that you can really hear the action. Yeah, you're high enough that you can see it all, yep. and you're also when you step away from your seats when your restrooms concessions things like that there's a lot very less convenient. congestion yeah. Yeah. yeah and plus you feel special you feel like because you're, you're on the club level well, you're still a that, part of the game too well, oh yeah for they, sure well, like, they also have they also have the servers that come out and take they orders do. for you yeah they that's do. dope yeah they do that's always a good one because <laughs> yeah yeah because you don't always feel like getting up from your seat and getting another 12 dollar beer you just want your 12 dollar beer brought to you <laughs> if you're also bringing out clients to the game absolutely like we have a huge family buyer like a lot of b2c stuff family of four we bring our kids to the games but we also this is more my role now than when i was in inside sales but now it's more b2b focused for me so it's what are you guys looking for are you looking to entertain your clients are you looking to generate new business rewarding employees retaining customers like how do you want to do this the b2c business seems to be upper bowl or yeah. not, or the the individual, the, like especially the family customer. Sure. Because if you're bringing two, three kids, that gets expensive. Yeah. And yeah, you go up to the upper pole. Go up there where there's can... two dollar hot dogs and. No, it's not the two dollar hot dogs. <laughs> it's the price of the tickets first and foremost. Well, yeah. If you could pay like thirty five, forty bucks for a ticket versus going down to the lower bowl and paying one hundred twenty bucks a ticket. And there's you, yeah, you're Don't, doing that. Doesn't the Hurricanes but, have that fan zone thing? Look, yes, they do, but that's in the upper bowl. But that isn't that a really good deal? That's that, but what's focused for families and it's, stuff, right? Yeah, it's okay. an afford. It's the most affordable ticket package we have. It's mm-hmm. on a full season. It breaks down to twenty bucks a game. But if Heather and I are going to a game together, we sit in the lower bowl mm-hmm. because that makes more sense for us. We Absolutely. enjoy it. If mm-hmm. we're going to go to a game, we want to enjoy it. We don't. We're not going to sit in the upper bowl just because we want to cheap out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, right now when the team is playing well, yeah, businesses don't necessarily like they care. Obviously, yeah. with yeah, yeah. hey, it's easier to get rid of tickets, whatever. Sure. But your B two C people, they start coming out of the woodworks yeah. when the team plays well, and that's good because yeah. that's one side of business that. B two B, you do a lot of outreach. You do a lot yeah, of outbound. Sure, you're, you're, sure, you're sure. cold calling. You're doing this. B two C, you're just picking up phones. You're picking up. Where do you want to sit? How, how many games do you want? How many? It's you're it's so different. It's mm-hmm. so different right now, and that's what's good about this team playing well is we're selling seats and we're selling out of locations. And so I'm having. I remember the year after playoffs, I was having conversation with season ticket members, and they're like. Yeah, it's been pretty crazy. Like we can't buy the same seats next to us all the time. It's annoying. And I was like, the team's playing well. We're winning. We're selling out games. How is that not great? And they're like, what's good? But it's we're not used to this. And I was like, trust me, it could be way worse. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Enjoy this. Enjoy the winning. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I, I just I was at the first game. I think I told you this Mm -hmm. back in '97. But the business side of things. So let me ask about tickets. Can you sell? Let's say a, a business owner. Say Joe, business owner calls and says, hey, I got a client of mine. He spends a lot of money with me. He's in town for the night tomorrow, and there's a home game. I want to buy him a ticket. Does he go through you? Does he go? Would it be better to go through the box office? Probably right now it's better to go through Ticketmaster and check to see if there are secondary sure. seats available because everything's sold out, right? Yeah. Like in, in that short of a time frame. Yeah. But do you have a limit or, or a minimum that you sell? So I don't necessarily handle single game tickets. That's all through Ticketmaster. Mm-hmm. But I always tell people, if you want a more personalized experience, call me or reach out to a rep and say, this is what I'm looking for. Because we might say to you, 
hey, I'm so glad that you just reached out at this time. If you get this one game, you can also pick two other games for the price of what you are looking at for this game because we have a three-game plan that just came out around the holidays or it's around Thanksgiving or something. So Always be closing. (laughs) There's so many things, but it's also more... But it makes sense. It does, but it's more of a, it's that personal approach. I think the sport industry, at least for me and how I look at it, is at one time it was very transactional. It's a game, you go, you leave. Now, and how I look at it, if I give tickets to people or if I am talking to a prospect and I see that they're coming to the game, you better bet your ass that I'm going to go to their seats and I'm going to say hello mm-hmm. because they're going to remember that stuff. Or I've given like a puck or a stick to a little kid because him and his dad were coming out to the game and we've been talking about tickets and every single person in that section sees a guy in a suit, walk down, give a kid a puck and they're like, what is, yep. who is that? How did that happen? And then now you start talking and they're like, man, when me and John went to the game when he was mm-hmm. 10, he got a puck and now we're season yeah. ticket members. So dude, you're talking to two people that believe in that oh, yeah. wholeheartedly. And yeah. as you are the, you're that guy mm-hmm. that's so not in the sport industry. Yeah. And that, and I see that in you. And I think yeah. that's why we hit it off yeah. right away because we found a lot of common ground in how we approach our business. Yep. We just are in two different industries and golf and golf <laughs> and so, golf too. So you look at that, that stick up there behind you. That's from 2015. So one of our good friends, Jack Brockman used to be, I think you know, Jack. Your, yeah. Yeah. I, I overlapped right? with Jack for yeah. probably about a year. So he knew that I was a huge Canes fan and that we were building this and he brought me the stick. He's, Hey, I want you to put this up in your speakeasy. Yeah. It's like, hell yeah, I'm going to put that up. Hell yeah, I'm going to put it up. But that's, that's the same thing. Not that he was coming from Carolina Hurricanes at the time, but still. He got yeah. you that one too, didn't he? And that the Jordan Stahl flag? That is the Jordan Stahl flag. I think he yeah. gave you that one too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he might have, yeah. yeah I think so. Or, or, either either he did that or Scott Midgley did that, one of the two. Mm. We have another friend. That's Good call season, on that. because Season ticket holder. Yeah. I've gotten all sorts of things. <laughs> so do, donated to this, this space because one of the things that we do here is we open this up. The garage door comes open. Yeah. We've got the... So we designed this. Heather and I designed this and, and more she designed it because <laughs> she's an engineer. But she's a facilities engineer at National Institute of Health facility. And she, one of the things, one of her biggest projects is the HVAC system there, especially with COVID. And so she designed this so that we could have people in here and have appropriate airflow so that it minimizes the risk of any kind of COVID spread while we're here. So we just have people come over. We have networking events in here because you can't have them at, in public spaces, really. Yep. And it's been nice to, no, to, this is to awesome. do that for people. I would post up in here and watch every game. I'm that's, sure what probably do that that's, what, that's what we do. The only, yeah. Except when it's too cold, then we post up in there. And yeah. yeah, but he's still it's got still, yeah, exactly. space heaters around here. It's still We've done some cold interviews. Yeah, Don't get me wrong. Yeah. We've done some cold interviews, but it's been manageable. Yeah. Yeah, and so it, it is a great space. There. So for me, Dominic, and Mr. Dre. And oh, don't forget to remind people. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Like, subscribe, and review the Joe Schmo Sports Show. Five-star reviews podcast, only. Otherwise, we're going to read you on the air. Sure. Every social media platform, we are at J Schmo Sports. That is J-S-C-H-M-O Sports. Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, 
all FM the radio days. and YouTube, all of the things that and, you can listen to a podcast on, including Audible. JoeSchmoSportsShow.com as well. And also, any show ideas, any show guests that you have. Uh, and we're still giving away clubhouse right. memberships. JoeSchmoSportsShow at gmail.com. So is that going to wrap that up, Mr. Dom? I believe it's time to cut to the theme music. <laughs>